Locked On NBA, the biggest stories, local experts. Every Monday, we dig into the biggest stories in the NBA with the Locked On Podcast Network host. Today, I'm joined by Tony East of the Locked On Pacers podcast, talking about Victor Oladipo's decision to sit out the NBA restart in Orlando, as well as news around the league. It's all coming up. The biggest stories with the local experts on Locked On NBA. are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another week of Locked On NBA. I am your Monday host, Josh Lloyd. I'm also the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast and I am the lead analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. More news about players sitting out the NBA restart, some uh, infections in uh, certain uh, team facilities that we're going to talk about as well. And I'm going to bring in the host of the Locked On Pacers Podcast, Tony East, to talk about that with me now. Tony Welcome to the show. Of course, over the last couple of days, the news for the Indiana Pacers and I guess their hopes of advancing in the playoffs took a little bit of a hit with the news that Victor Oladipo won't be uh, won't be playing in the Orlando restart as he continues to rehab the quad injury and the knee problems that he had. Of course, he did return, play those 13 games. He was nowhere near himself. Um, this is probably not accurate, but is there a chance that the Pacers, who were playing pretty well before the Oladipo return, and then there was some thought that maybe he was forcing it or they were forcing it to get back into a rhythm, to get him into a rhythm. And it was maybe making their play not quite at the same level it was before, that this could enable them to get back to some of that play they had beforehand without being forced to try and reintegrate Oladipo back into things? Or am I overthinking it? No, that makes a lot of sense because the thought with Vic playing in the bubble with all the extra time off is that he raises their ceiling a bunch because you get him more time to heal and you get him more time to look closer to the player we've seen the two years before when he was an all-star level, where he was not even close to this year. So without him, their ceiling is limited, and there was very minimal overlap with Jeremy Lamb being out for the season in Vic, right? So they have never not had both of those guys, but before Vic, they really were, I mean, they were rolling. They were 30-something and 19, and they played very well when he was out. So the hope is, and especially because, you know, Brogdon was out for the year, but because of the absence, they will get him back now. So, you know, they'll have they'll still have a go-to guy at lead guard. They have all the rest of the guys playing outside of Lamb. Yeah, maybe they can recapture some of that. Um, you know, they were like right in the 4 or 5 before Vic came back. Spot, they can recapture some of that form and, and still be really solid. They're, again, their ceiling is lowered because they don't have the potential to have an all-star on both ends of the floor at the two guard. But they're, they're, they're certainly still going to be good and could even look a little better than they did in those last, whatever, 13 games that he played in. Yeah, look, obviously, if Oladipo was at full health and he was playing like you know, the 17-18 version of Oladipo, not even 18-19, because that's where he sort of struggled a little bit with those knee problems that, that then potentially led into that quad injury, they would have a higher ceiling. But again, I just think that they, they, they were forcing things a little bit. But the Jeremy Lamb point is interesting because they don't have both of those guys now who have been there starting two right. guards for, for most of the season. We'll talk about Brogdon in a second, but who's likely to step into that role? We've seen Aaron Holiday play some minutes at the two. Uh, Edmund Sumner is a guy that I'd really like to see get a, a crack at a decent role there. Who's going to be getting taking the bulk of those Oladipo slash Lamb minutes? Yeah, you kind of named both of the guys. Uh, Nate, so Nate McMillan really values his second unit of TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott, Justin Holiday, and Sabonis. 
So he makes a point of A, subbing Sabonis out early in the games, and B, or so he can get Sabonis back in with those guys, and B, when he can, starting Aaron Holiday so he doesn't have to shift any of those guys off the second unit. So a lot of times with Brogdon, Orvik, or Lamb, or whoever's been out all year, Aaron Holiday's been the guy getting the start, even though he's out of the rotation at times even. He played a lot this year because they had a lot of injuries, but you know, with the fully healthy Pacers, Aaron Holiday was the first guy out. So I'm, I'm guessing he'll start alongside Brogdon, and that'll work pretty well. It has worked pretty well. They're both point guard, shooting guard hybrid-ish when they play. They, they, they're not supposed to be super high usage all the time, but they're both good with and without the ball, and Holiday can shoot. And then the other guy you said, Edmund Sumner, you know, Jeremy Lamb would normally be the backup two-guard spot, but uh, Sumner will likely slot in along those other guys I mentioned as their second unit earlier. And Sumner's really interesting. A lot of people in the Pacers sphere really like him, super athletic. At his best, he looks really good when he plays. He's just... You know, he has yet to put it all together, but uh, the more reps for him, the better. So as a team, the Pacers are, are trying to value health and just getting through this bubble stuff. I think, you know, getting free reps for Edmund Sumner is a, an added benefit of Oladipo sitting out. Holiday had played 30 minutes in four of the last five games before the shutdown. Yeah, starting in place of Oladipo for a couple of those games where he was uh, he was dealing with some soreness and then Brogdon when he had the quad injury. Let's talk about Brogdon now because you mentioned that he was likely going to be out for the season because he had a, a torn quad issue. Um, he's also contracted COVID-19 during the shutdown, and we, we don't know exactly how it's going to impact these players who you may have not even had symptoms, but there is still thought that maybe aerobic capacity could be decreased. So let's talk a little bit about that injury. Uh, Brogdon had multiple injuries throughout this season. Um, this is a, a significant concern, this torn quad. is How different is it from the quad issue that Oladipo had last season, and what level should we... we We'd be expecting Brogdon to be outside of the COVID concern. Uh, he claims, I mean, this is just how the PR of health goes. But he said on April 20th, which that's my gauge for him being out for the season, was that, you know, he went out down March 8th or whatever. And then on April 20th, he said he was fully healed. Okay, he would have missed the rest of the regular season. So it's a month-long leg-slash-knee injury. I forget exactly what he – he was dealing with, like, hamstring and quad before he went out with whatever his actual – ruptured thing was so there was a lot going on there but anyway he claimed on his he put out a video on the Pacers Twitter on April 20th saying that he's been working out and he's 100% he's ready to go uh he gets banged up a lot and recovers a lot I don't I don't really know how what to expect from him in terms of you know how much this could cripple him I mean it seems like probably not very much if it was only a one month injury I mean sure a little bit but he's also had two months since then almost three to get up to whatever capacity he feels like is Gabe Speed. And we'll you know, probably dig more into COVID later. But even with his COVID diagnosis, he says he's for sure going to Orlando. I think he knows he's in shape and, and really ready to play. And he also really wants to be down there to um, elevate his platform to push social justice stuff. So I think he wants he's pushing really hard to be in the best shape he possibly can so that he can get down there and play and play at a high level. Um, but of course, you know, an injury like that that keeps you out for a month is going to it drops some everybody's impact in the league by at least a little bit. When you go to fix your car, you go into the local auto store and you got to go to the guy like, here's the part that I need. Oh, sorry, don't have that in stock. He sits on his computer and he types it up. 
Why don't you sit on your computer and you type up the part you need at rockauto.com. With so many makes and models around these days, it's almost impossible for a local store to have every part that you need in stock. So you can just go to straight to rockauto.com, order it yourself, cut out the middleman and save yourself a bunch of money. Why would you choose to spend 50 up to 100% more in a store when you can order the parts you need direct from rockauto.com? Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and it's the same price for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, so I think we're going to have a lot of these uh, issues in terms of the NBA restart uh, because these players haven't played for multiple months and then guys coming back from injury. The, the first couple of games are going to be rough and the minutes are going to be weird and managing that as coaches as to how hard they push these guys. And the Pacers are a team that you know currently sit tied with the Sixers in the sixth seed. They're two games back from Miami in the four seed, but they are yeah that they can't go any lower than sixth because they're eight and a half games up on where the Nets are in seventh at the moment. So. My question to you is regarding the Pacers. How important is seeding in this in this group of between let's let's be honest between three and six? That's probably the most likely scenario. Even though it's still five and a half games to get to number three, so probably four and six is, is the uh, the likely scenario there for Indiana. Or is it more about you know, getting Brogdon back into game shape and making sure he doesn't get injured and and sort of easing these guys in and seeing what how the Sumner Holiday you know, combination works at the shooting guard rather than you know, pushing all out to get wins. Yeah, the, it's definitely the latter of the things you said because there's already been a small report in the Indy Star about the Pacers really valuing health, like like so much so that their goals of winning a playoff series this season are basically like removed and they just want to get there, get these games done, and go home. Not that they don't want to win. I'm sure they'll, they're going to try to win their basketball players in a basketball organization, but their priority is keeping guys healthy to the point that you know the Indy Star report was talking about them having a 10-man rotation and really monitoring guys' minutes. If they do go to 10, you know, we talked about Aaron Holiday and Edmund Sumner, but that could even mean Goga Batadze gets in the game uh, or even someone else behind all those guys. Um, I know with Oladipo and, and Lamb out, it's hard to figure out who an 11th guy could sneak in there and be. But I think that that means that they'll just, you know, Brogdon might not even hit 30 minutes a game. Um, he could, but I don't know that they're going to push that hard. With that said, I think that means the most likely seed they end up with is six. However... Philly has a lot of incentive to try to stay in six. You know, they really don't want to play Milwaukee in the second round. And if they kind of slide back in the standings and stay behind the Thunder, they can help themselves get a first-round pick this year. I just had um, uh, Adam Aronson come on Locked on Pacers and talk about the Sixers and how they might want to actually stay in the sixth spot. So even if the Pacers do, you know, not really go hard, I mean, the Sixers could too, and they could end up at five. You know, I think you're right that it's going to be impossible for anyone to catch the Celtics-Raptors group, although the Raptors' schedule is really hard. So it seems like, you know, the Pacers will end up playing one of Boston or Miami, depending on how things go. But uh, I would guess that they just kind of, you know, they they don't push their guys too hard and they value health. And with Brogdon, you know, they they watch his minutes and make sure he's just getting up to game speed. And then they just roll with whatever first-round opponent they get. Because before this, I thought they were going to try really hard to play the Heat because I think they have a much better chance of accomplishing their goal of winning a first-round series against Miami than anybody else. But now that that goal is has kind of not slid out the door, but has fallen to the wayside behind things like health and getting out of a pandemic bubble safe, um, I think that they'll just get through the games, play whoever they have to, and be done. 
I think that what, what you said about the Sixers there was interesting because I think that the Sixers, and, and no disrespect to Boston, but that they would much prefer to be in that sixth seed so they can go an extra round without avoiding or with avoiding the Bucks. And then yep. again, that looks better for the organ to say that you lose to the Bucks in the second round or lose to the Bucks in the conference finals. It's it looks a lot better if you get to the conference finals and, and lose in terms of the organization and Elton Brand and Bruce uh, Bruce and Brett Brown. In terms of those guys, so I think that you know, the the Sixers will be pushing in the opposite direction and going really easy. The the Pacers might be going easy for that direction. The Heat, they, maybe they'd love to get down into the sixth seed as well and fa- fancy their chances <laughs> against Boston. Who knows? So there could be some weird stuff going on in that middle uh, middle section of the Eastern Conference. But let's talk. Two a little- of the Pacers' last three games are against the Heat. Those could be the. The, the C teams or the D teams coming out and fighting in those two games. Yeah, we're going to get uh, a lot of KZ Okpala versus TJ Leaf in, uh, <laughs> in, in those ones for Miami, Indiana. Now, if we look across the league a little bit, we just had news break that the Milwaukee Bucks have had to shut down their practice facility due to uh, COVID-19 positives there. And that makes the fifth team, along with the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, and the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, that is a troubling scenario uh, there. Now, these teams are scheduled to fly to Orlando pretty soon. But the fact that this is you know, happening in five of the 30 teams so far is not a great sign for this restart. How much confidence do you have, Tony, in the Orlando bubble going, not going off without a hitch, because I don't think anybody thinks that's going to be the case, but going ahead and finishing on schedule? I think there's a really high chance it starts on schedule. Finishing is totally different. Um you know, I think the NBA is going to argue all the things you just laid out of these these teams are shutting down their practice facility. There's positive tests now. This is, you know, they're going to say this is part of the plan. This is why we sent the guys to market first before they go to the bubble, yada, yada, yada. But it's it just seems so dangerous to be sending, I mean, e- even if they're quarantining, like, to send recently COVID-positive guys who, like you said earlier, could have any long-term effects from this from this virus to the bubble. And, yeah, if the Disney's, Disney's employees don't, aren't under the bubble guidelines like they can they're still allowed to leave and go in it seems like there's a lot of ways that things can go wrong and i to me with how much money's on the line as, much, as painful as this is to say because i i mean i feel like it's so dangerous to be doing this with how much money's on the line it would take some sort of catastrophic failure for the league not to finish but i do think there's going to be a few hiccups along the way that could make it very tough for them to have to you know smile through their teeth and say okay this is fine you know i think so probably a star player is going to have something go wrong or something like that they already have you know guys like oladipo sitting out for various reasons so um but just covid related yeah i think it's i I do think it's super dangerous and that they'll have to you know kind of tiptoe their way around some tough issues when they get down there Speaking of your COVID and the Clippers, Landry Shamet has tested positive and he won't join the team initially in Orlando. That doesn't mean that he's ruled out from going down there, but he has to have those negative tests before he'll go and join the team in Orlando. So Shamet was a guy who um, I think people think his role was larger than it was because when the addition of Reggie Jackson before the uh, before the shutdown, he was only playing like 17, 18 minutes a night. So I'm not sure exactly where he was going to fit into the rotation, especially if they're going with Williams and Beverly and, and Jackson and playing those guys quite a few minutes. So while he's important, and I think they should play him more, they weren't, but it is something to watch, and that's part of that that Clippers scenario. Uh, Nikola Jokic for the Nuggets, I don't even think he's back in the States yet after testing positive over in Serbia. 
We know the Nets have got uh, DeAndre Jordan, who won't be going down there after his positive test. Spencer Dinwiddie, we don't have a decision on him yet, whether he'll be going down because he is suffering symptoms and and has tested positive too. So there's a lot going on with that. With that. And I think outside of the Oladipo situation, um, I think Dinwiddie is probably the next biggest name who we're up in the air with. Yes, Trevor Rees is not going, but the Blazers probably weren't going to make the playoffs anyway. Um, and uh, DeAndre Jordan, but he's not as important a player as Dinwiddie. I think that Dinwiddie probably is the second most important player at the moment who we are, unless I'm missing someone, Tony, who, uh, who we don't know about their status in terms of COVID. Yeah, I think Avery Bradley is better than most people do, but I, I agree with you, Oladipo is clearly number one, and Dinwiddie would probably be number two. I know a lot of the Nets players that are sitting out are either not very good or we're not going to play anyway, so... No, it hasn't been anyone insanely high profile outside of Oladipo yet. I think the way the Nets are trending, that it seems like Dinwiddie won't go. But I would say so. Uh, he's been, but he's been pushing pretty hard for a lot of social justice stuff too. So I think there's a chance he ends up down there. But yeah, we'll have to see. Like with guys like Shaman, I think Brogdon uh, might get through his quarantine period and be able to travel down there with the Pacers. But like the Heat have had three positive tests, right? We don't know who the players are, but we do know it's Shamit. Uh, we do know who it is for the Nets guys. Like, if those guys aren't healthy, like, when are they allowed to travel in? How does that screw up their rotations? Are they going to end up playing at all? Like, even just a positive test of a guy who thought they were going to play could cause a lot of ripple effects for that kind of stuff, too. So it could be really interesting, especially with the Nets, who, like, they're going to have to sign you and I, Josh, to field the team at this point. So it's it's really been crazy how dynamic it is. And, it, you know, like, I think you're right that, you know, Trevor Reese is obviously not like the most important thing sitting out, but... Just to see rotation quality players opting out is so fascinating. The Nets have one center on their roster at the moment, and that's Jared Allen because DeAndre Jordan's not going, and Nick Claxton <laughs> has a shoulder injury, so he won't be going. So they literally have one center. So they either have to sign someone, which they haven't, and they're claiming they may, but they haven't at the moment, or they're going to have to be playing Timotei Lawawu Cabro uh, and Janan Musa and Rod- Rodion's Kuruks as centers because there's actually nobody else unless they're going 48 minutes of Jarrett Allen, which uh, I don't think that's probably the, the best idea. But you did mention Spencer Dinwiddie and social justice. He wanted to have Trillion on the back of his jersey. The NBA has uh, has not put that in the in the list of approved messages, but they have got uh, 29 social, social justice statements that the NBA players can put on the back of their jerseys in place of their names including uh, Black Lives Matter, Say Their Names, I Can't Breathe, Justice, Peace, Equality, Listen to Us, uh, Listen, Stand Up, Anti-Racist, and a whole bunch of others on there. What do you make of the the NBA obviously going out of their way to uh, not appease, because that's the wrong word, but to, to listen to what the players wanting to make some sort of a statement? Do you think... The, the, do you think the players asked for this? Hey, can we put this on our jerseys? Or the NBA came to, well, this is something you can do. Uh, probably, a, I'm guessing the NBA came up with the idea. I don't really know because players have been also actively searching for ways to keep amplifying their voice when they got down there. I mean, Brogdon's on the Pacers, and we've been talking about him for various reasons, but I mean, he's been very vocal this whole time uh, about his pushes for change in the community and things like that and how he's really impacted the Pacers organization. So I guess it could have come from either side. I really don't know that I have an opinion on which side is more likely there, but I really like the names. I think it's a cool idea. I wish they could have gone with something custom, but the league would not have fun going on a case-by-case basis, so I get why they did it this way, and especially with the things that like John Morant and Tobias Harris posted, I get why they, they made a list. But I do think it's cool, and it's a start. I think that they're going to try to do more. You know, I think that there was something about players being able to talk about or talk have a platform right after games or something like that on, and televised and stuff like that. So maybe they're 
We'll do a little more. You know, it's just like it's a name on a jersey. It's, it's something, but it still seems kind of cutesy and not necessarily like a big deal. So I do think it's cool the league's doing it, and I think it's cool that the players are you know, going to par- – some at least players are going to participate in it, but I still feel like they're, they're a couple steps away from where they need to be because a lot of players have talked about how they want to continue to push the platform when they get there. Yeah, and hopefully the players are, are still going to be doing that in a, in a more aggressive manner than, than just have the name on the jersey and, like, and really right. speaking about it in terms of you know, post-game interviews and, and that, that sort of stuff. That'll be interesting to see. I wonder uh, what the proportion of players will be that do that do replace their names on their jerseys. Uh, you know, will we get seventy five percent that do? Will we get ninety percent? Will we get twenty percent? It'd be very interesting to see exactly how many players go down uh, go down that route in terms of replacing their names on on the back of their jerseys. And the one one other thing I want to talk to you about here is we we know that there's going to be no fans. Um, we're aware of that. There's been talk of pumping crowd noise in. But now that Adam Silver is saying that the games are going to have to be on a tape delay because. Um, because there might be some uh, words that are a little bit unsavory coming out of the players. Now, Tony, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you are down on Adam Silver's idea of having a tape delay because we want to hear everything the players are saying. Um, I guess there there, there are ramifications, obviously, from doing that, but surely alternate feeds, we can do something because this is something that people have been talking about for years and years and years. We want to hear what the players are saying. We want to hear what is going on there, and this is the perfect opportunity, and we're not going to get it, unfortunately. This seems like a genius pay-per-view opportunity. Yes. To have, you know, the, if you already have, whatever, Fox Sports, ESPN, go crazy, watch the game on the tape delay, but also, hey, here's the non-edited raw footage. Here are the players say what they actually say during games. Version of the game that you could pay for. I bet people would do that. I think it'd be awesome. And not that this is super related, but like the league's ratings have been pretty steady, if not a little declining, like year by year. Like it'd be a great way to get people to watch the games too, to just hear what people are saying during the game. Yeah, I told I, I yeah, you're right about the ramifications, and I get why they're doing the tape delay, but I I can't believe they're not at all going to post the foot the raw footage anywhere. I think that's a huge missed opportunity, both for me as a fan and for the league. As a monetization strategy. Well, when you go onto League Pass, you always have that option. You know, home announcer, away right. road announcer. Like, surely we can have, you know, regular Disney feed, or you know, <laughs> let let's go let, let's go R rated on this. Uh, PG on this, yeah, well, yeah. R probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would imagine. I would imagine some players would be garnering an R rating pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know who'd be number one in terms of R rating. As soon uh, as uh, Marcus Morris Warren and Jimmy Butler square or, yeah. off again, I think they need to put the R rating on there, right? Jimmy Butler's an automatic R rating. I think the Mar- I think Marcus <laughs> and Markeith Morris will, will drop the R the R ratings pretty quickly. I think uh, I think Marcus Smart might be up there as well. There's the, a couple of names on the top of my head that would easily be getting in there. Who's the the least likely player to swear on a broadcast the least likely player to swear on a broadcast wow I'm that's uh, i'm gonna say zach collins zach collins <laughs> i have no idea a lot of pacers players are pretty gentle like justin holiday i don't think i've ever heard swear okay. or brogdon himself um i've not i've not been around enough, enough other teams to know <laughs> it's tough to say they mic'd up tj mcconnell one time and i thought tj mcconnell would not be a swear type but he is an aggressive dude when he is playing so never mind on him tony it's been great to talk to you about all that's going on in the NBA. We are allegedly just a few weeks away from this. Uh, well, not allegedly. We're we are a few weeks away from the season allegedly restarting, or uh, the the presumed time of the season restarting. So we'll all keep our fingers crossed and hope things are done in a safe and healthy manner. Tony, you can uh, you cover us all the Pacers stuff for us over on Locked On Pacers. And thank you for coming on Locked On NBA with me. Yeah, Josh, appreciate you having me again. 
And that'll do it for today's episode of Locked On NBA. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and on Spotify, and go leave us a five-star rating and review. That's a great way of helping out the show. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.